This is Fire Rescue One Side Alpha Podcast, putting fire service leaders in front of hot topics facing firefighters today. Now here's the executive editor of FireRescueOne.com and FireChief.com, Chief Mark Bashore. Today we're going to be talking about the leadership plan for the National Volunteer Fire Council. In the wake of the untimely death of the NVFC's longtime CEO, Before we talk with our special guest today, let's hear a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Side Alpha podcast is sponsored by Homeland 6 Tactical Radio Straps. These custom radio straps feature extractor washable decontamination, superior comfort and functionality. Learn more at Homeland 6, that's homelandsix.com. Joining us today is interim CEO of the National Volunteer Fire Council, Kevin Quinn, and the incoming CEO of the NVFC, Sarah Lee. Sarah has been with the National Volunteer Fire Council since 2005 and has served as the organization's deputy CEO since 2006. In this role, she oversaw staff operations, secured federal grants, and managed the NVFC's many programs. On May 14, 2021, Sarah is stepping into the role of CEO for the organization. Kevin will then return as the first vice chairman for the NBFC. Kevin Quinn is a retired deputy chief from the Union Fire District in Rhode Island, where he continues to serve as an active firefighter. Chief Quinn is the past president of the Rhode Island State Firemen's League and serves on the boards of the National uh, National Fallen Firefighters Foundation, the Home Fire Sprinkler Coalition, and the National Fire Academy Board of Visitors. Chief Quinn stepped into the role of interim CEO for two months, starting in March, during a period of transition for the organization. Sarah, Kevin, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today. Well, thank you, Chief. Uh, We really appreciate the opportunity. And and I'd like to thank uh, Lexapol and Fire Rescue and and Side Alpha for for having us on today and, and also the sponsor, Homeland Six, uh, we appreciate that support as well. It's an honor to be here. Thank you, guys. Well, thanks, folks. We appreciate it, and uh, it is a team effort, and I appreciate you making those recognitions. Chief Quinn, let's start with you. I'm sure I speak for everyone uh, with appreciation for your willingness to step in immediately following Heather's passing, and it's good to know the NBFC will continue um, uh, to, to be in good hands with Sarah stepping in. Uh, so as, appreci- as appreciative as we all are, uh, the news of you all taking over the roles and stepping out and stepping in comes under very sad circumstances. And that's the untimely passing of NBFC uh, longtime CEO, Heather Schaefer. Uh, first, my condolences uh, to you and to the entire NBAFC family. Uh, you know, I had the pleasure to work with Heather on any number of of projects during my 30 years in the Prince George's County, Maryland Fire EMS Department, where the NBFC's headquarters now reside. Uh, Heather was also was uh, always the uh, consummate professional, and uh, she was a pleasure to work with. So um, I want to, again, uh, pass along our condolences to the entire organization. Sarah, you're stepping in during clearly an emotional time for the NBFC. Can you speak to how the staff at the NBFC is holding up? Oh, sure. You know, it's been a a very difficult time for us. You know, many of us have worked with Heather for a decade or more even. 
Um, so we've been a, you know, a tight knit group, but we're a strong team and we have lots of support. And I have to say, we really appreciate the outpouring of messages and support that we've received from the fire and emergency services community, not just across the US, but across the world. Heather truly made an impact. Um, and I have to say the experience was also an opportunity to practice what we preach sometimes. You know, when departments experience a sudden loss or a traumatic incident, and we encourage them to seek that outside help. And we were able to do the same for our staff. And, and with the help of our partners, we were able to bring in um, a counselor to help talk to everybody and provide some of those resources that we need during this difficult time. And I think, you know, maybe most importantly, we know Heather would really just want us to move forward. And so we are going to do that. And we're going to honor her legacy and we're going to make her proud. Well, and that's fantastic. And I'm glad to hear that you, the way you placed that, that uh, we practiced what we preach. Uh, I think we can all relate to how many times we as organizations, as leadership organizations, tell people, uh, if you need help, say something. Yet, when we tend to need help, we tend to not say anything. So I appreciate that and uh, appreciate that, that you said Heather would want us to move forward and that's what you're doing. That's, that's good stuff. Kevin, can you help our listeners understand a bit about Heather and her legacy at the NVFC? Yeah, Heather, um, long term, is 27 years in the the helm of the MVFC. And, you know, when you think of her young age when she came in, because she was 52 when she passed on March 15th this year. Um, but when she came in as, as a young and vibrant um, from the Ohio State University, she brought with her intellect and she brought with her um, so many skill sets that took our our organization from a small, small organization. We're in our 45th year right now. In fact, March 15th, the day of Heather's passing, was our 45th year anniversary to the day. Mm. And and Heather was with us for for more than half of our our existence. So she took us and and really brought um, her skill sets in and and led us as the voice of the volunteers in America. But she also brought in and built a team, and, and that team certainly has uh, carried the torch that Heather lit. And I'm so proud that that I've been able to uh, share some of that time with staff and uh, realized how how well Heather mentored our staff to grow and to become extremely, extremely good at what they do. So when when Sarah says, you know, that we're going to continue what, what Heather would do, they have an expression in the office, you know, what would Heather do? And basically, you know, as we we do in the fire service, we have to have a plan A, B, C, and D. Well, this team of staff at the MBFC, through Heather's leadership, have certainly put us in a place where we can take and uh, become very resilient, resourceful, and uh, reconciled with uh, making sure that we're taking care of the boots on the ground, volunteers of America. Yeah, this it's, uh, sounds like a new acronym to me, WWHE, what would Heather do? So that's, uh, that's good stuff. I appreciate that. Heather, um, Heather was definitely a uh, longtime CEO, not just the, you know, the 27 years, but as the actual CEO, such a long time. Um, Sarah, that has to be 
a difficult set of shoes to step into. Can you give us some insight into your transition plan for the MBFC? Sure. You know, it's just been, like I said, a difficult time since she passed and she did leave this enormous legacy behind and she does have big shoes that are left to fill. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the executive committee originally appointed Kevin, uh, Chief Quinn as our interim CEO to help guide us through this initial transition as we were making sense of what was happening and coping with our grief. And we just appreciate all that he's done for us during this time. And then at our springboard meeting, the board voted to make me the CEO, which as you mentioned, I will start on March 14th next week. Um, and I'm That'd excited for May. that. It's, that would be May 14th. Yeah, May, May 14th. May 14th, yeah. May, yeah. March, they both begin with MA, right? So it's all good. You know, so it's not the circumstances necessarily that I would have hoped for by any stretch, sure. but sure. you know, I, I understand that this this role is just a huge responsibility and that's not lost on me. And yeah. I'm just honored and humbled to be asked to serve in this capacity. And I really look forward to carrying on Heather's legacy and, and continuing to move the NBFC forward. Okay, good. So and Chief, Chief yeah, can I add to that, please? Sure. Um, sure. The board of directors, um, when they voted in um, to have Sarah Lee step up, the confidence that they have in her, it, it just dates back to all those years of service that Sarah Lee has put in and, and uh, the two of them, Heather and Sarah, have led this organization for, for 15 years together. And they they were not only colleagues, they were personal friends. So this has been a tough time. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it's good, like you said, the 15 years together as, you know, uh, Sarah serving in that deputy role since uh, 2005, right, Sarah? Yes. Yeah, um, you know, so being able to have a little bit of continuity there uh, certainly is good. I'm sure it's a lot of continuity, but uh, let's face it, uh, Heather was that face that that uh, we talked about the big shoes. And Sarah, I appreciate you stepping in and, and Kevin certainly holding it all together while they make those plans. So, Kevin, uh, amid this transition, can you discuss for us the the mission of the NBFC, uh, specifically the, the core principles that drive the organization's leadership? Well, Chief, uh, you know, I'm sure you know, but uh, let's just make sure that the uh, audience knows that, you know, 69% of all firefighters are volunteers. And the cost savings through the to the nation is $47 billion. So we have we have a, a, a lot of territory to cover, a lot of folks to cover, and a lot of firefighters to train and keep safe. Um, but we are that voice for the fire, rescue, and, and uh, EMS providers. Um, and we basically take uh, and provide them with resources and, and education and training. And we follow standards uh, that in, and provide those settings for those uh, volunteer fire departments. We are fortunate to have so many corporate partners and and and, and those that support us that will help us uh, get the message down to the the uh, volunteer fire departments when it comes to whether it be standards or codes or or equipment or training. Uh, so we're very fortunate to have those partners and, and we have built those. And again, going back, um, Heather and, and Sarah Lee have, have uh, continually 
grown the organization over the years. And, and what we do have is that the support of our nation's firefighters so that they can be at their very best. And, and we've seen a lot of great changes, uh, Chief, over the years and, and uh, what we do and, and trying to kind of keep those standards high and, and performance high. And the other piece for me, I'm all about health and safety of, of the volunteer fire service, of the fire service, you know, in all, because uh, we have to make sure we do the job, do it right and do it safely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sarah, as the incoming CEO, can you share a little more with us, uh, you know, beyond uh, carrying on Heather's legacy? I think uh, that's uh, certainly what most people would would expect. Uh, but can you share with us how you'll continue to shape the organization around the, those core principles of, of helping the volunteer fire service? And are there any specific goals or objectives you have that you could share with our listeners? Oh, sure. You know, there's so much that I hope to accomplish as the NVFT's CEO. You know, really, first and foremost, I want to make sure that we're always highlighting the important work of our nation's volunteers and creating more awareness, not just of the volunteer need, but how volunteers help and serve our communities each and every day. Um, you know, retention and recruitment of volunteers is a huge issue facing the fire service. And I want to help bridge this gap and provide the tools to make recruitment and retention easier for those busy volunteer departments who may not have the marketing expertise or even the time or money to put towards those efforts. And that's something that we can do at a national level with the NBFC. I also want to raise awareness of important health and safety issues facing volunteers and, again, provide those tools and resources they need to help them mitigate these risks so that they can go home safely to their families at the end of every call and every duty shift. And we learn you know, more about firefighter cancer every day too. So continuing to share this important information with our members is so important to me. My own husband is a longtime volunteer and a cancer survivor. So this is a topic that hits close to home for me. Sure. Um, so that's important. Yeah. Um, you know, behavioral health is another critical topic, and there's so much more work to be done to break down the stigmas associated with it and provide the support that is so desperately needed. And of course, I'm looking forward to growing our membership and finding some new and innovative ways to help volunteer departments grow and adapt to changing times and changing demands. And I really think looking forward that flexibility and creativity are going to be key for solving so many of the challenges facing the volunteer fire and emergency services. And the NVSC is just well positioned to serve as a guiding force in this. And, you know, while I certainly wish this had all been under better circumstances, I am excited to be in this role. And I know that the NVSC can and will achieve these goals because we have so much support from our members our board leaders, our staff, and our many friends and partners in the fire and emergency services. That's great. And, you know, there's a couple of things I want to expand on, at least one there, but you mentioned about growing the membership and, you know, anybody, correct me if I'm wrong, but anybody can go to uh, www.nvfc.org and right at the top of the page, there's a join the NVFC red button and uh, they click on that. It takes them right to the membership page. That's that's as simple as it is, right? Correct. And it's only $18 to join, and it comes with a whole host of benefits, including an AD&D policy. 
There you go. So www.nbfc.org, right at the top center of the page, join the NBFC. It takes you right to the page and you can join. Can you speak? Uh, one thing I want to speak to, we, we hear a lot about recruitment and retention. You know, it, it seems like that's the venerable topic that's always on people's uh, tongue and certainly on their mind. Can you speak a little bit to um, how the NBFC can help some of these organizations with those marketing efforts? What you know, what is it that they're missing? Because it does seem like that's always a, a problem area for people. Can I jump on that first? Absolutely. Follow up. There you go. As a chief officer, and I've been in this for a very long time. This is my 45th year in the fire service. But as a chief officer and, and as an educator and a, a fire instructor, um, our, our business has changed in the volunteer ranks for sure. And, you know, generation after generation were volunteers in the past, and we don't have a lot of generational uh, recruits coming in any longer. But what we did not have to do years ago is something we have to do today, and that is to market our volunteer fire service. The model has changed and we must change with the times. However, chief, fire chiefs are not trained to market. They just, that's not a forte for many of them. They can do a lot of things because that's what they have to do. But marketing their fire departments never really been an issue until recent years. Now it's a critical issue. And I think Sarah is going to talk about our Make Me a Firefighter campaign which takes the marketing piece off the chief's shoulders. And as a national organization, we provide you with the information you need to market your volunteer fire service and what you do in your community. So Sarah, I'm gonna ask you if you just share that about the Make Me a Firefighter program. Oh, of course. Um, so we launched the Make Me a Firefighter program in 2015. And it was based on a research before we did anything. We reached out to departments and state associations to find out what their challenges were, um, what challenges they were facing, even when they got safer grants to help with recruitment and retention. Um, so that was really the basis for the program. And now we have a website and departments can go to portal.nbfc.org where they can access tools that they need to help recruit and retain members. Um, so when they go to that website, they can post volunteer opportunities. They can create custom recruitment materials. So you you can plug in a picture, plug in your department logo and name, and you can print it right from your own printer or send it to FedEx Kinkos and get it printed. Um, and we've got a bunch of training and resources on that page as well to help departments succeed with their recruitment campaigns. Um, we also recently just finalized research on retention and some of the barriers to keeping those volunteers over the long term, and that is available on our website as well. Um, and we're using that to inform some resources we are developing to help departments retain their volunteers as well. Um, and then there's one more thing that we're actually doing with our Make Me a Firefighter program this year. We're holding our inaugural recruitment and retention experience, which is a conference taking place in September in Cleveland, Ohio. This was supposed to take place last September. And of course, with the pandemic that was postponed. So we are really excited to be able to host to that in person this year. Um, if anybody is interested in attending, there's information on the NVFC's website. 
And I'd like to add on a little bit, Chief, if I could. Uh, I like to put retention first, um, retention and recruitment, because I think many times if we uh, just kind of keep a better finger on the pulse of our volunteers, you know, if we retain them, we don't have to recruit as much. So I like to call it retention and recruitment. But I also added a third R. And in the ranks of the age that we have for volunteers, we are on the the higher end extreme. So we need that replacement of volunteers as well. So it's it's retention, recruitment, and replacement of volunteer firefighters across America. So we need to do a better job of, of marketing and, and being proud of what we do as a, a volunteer fire service. But we also have tools on the MVFC's uh, website that you can kind of gather and you don't have to create anything. All you have to do is plug in your name, your contact information, we do all the other work for you. So it's a great opportunity to make me a firefighter campaign and that's under portal.mvfc.org. Good stuff. So the make me a firefighter campaign and that again was portal, P-O-R-T-A-L dot N-V-F-C dot org. Great. So as profoundly sad a time as this is, it, it does sound like there's a bright horizon, a continuing bright horizon uh, for the NVFC. Let's take a moment to hear a word from our sponsor. Homeland 6 tactical radio straps are heavy duty, yet lightweight and 100% made in USA. These are the world's first custom radio straps made from military-grade nylon that's used in ballistic vests. Unlike traditional leather, they're also extractor washable for pathogens like COVID-19 and carcinogen decon. These are making leather radio straps a thing of the past. Homeland 6 tactical radio straps are available in multiple colors with adjustable regular and extra large sizes, even with reflective and glow-in-the-dark patterns and custom text. New customers can receive a discount on their first order of tactical radio straps or accessories at Homeland 6, that's Homeland S-I-X, Dot com. As we uh, continue the discussion with the National Volunteer Fire Council, we kind of mentioned a, a few minutes ago that the NBFC celebrated um, the milestone of the 45th anniversary. Unfortunately, it was on uh, the day of Heather's passing, but it's still a celebration of the 45th anniversary of the NBFC. Um, I watched the video that your team produced on the anniversary. It was a, a great video with some big names in it, including one of my childhood TV heroes, uh, Randy Mantooth. Kevin, can you reflect a bit on the NBFC and, and how things have evolved over the 45 years? Uh, certainly, you know, you've been in the, the service. Um, can you reflect on some of the biggest changes and milestone moments for the NBFC? Yeah, we, we go back to uh, 1976. Um, where the volunteers had no voice, uh, no voice in Congress, no voice to, to organize themselves, uh, unite. And uh, a group of uh, 13 founding state members organized and chartered the MVFC in March of 76. And uh, today we now have 47 state associations uh, that represent um, we, we are missing a couple of states, and we certainly are always looking to uh, make sure that we represent all, all firefighters in all states. But those state associations right now in, in 
in 47 states versus the original 13 really is a, a huge, huge growth. And the recognition and, and the respect that the MBFC has among the fire service in America and beyond is just uh, outstanding. You know, we have spent a lot of time working on uh, protecting our, our firefighters in the volunteer ranks and, and the health and safety. And our Heart Healthy program goes back decades uh, in looking at, you know, our line of duty deaths, you know, that we have each year. Half of those about every year are cardiac driven. And uh, so we, we, we've been on top of that gauge, on top of that edge right along for years and years. We have great vision and our mission is strong. And we uh, always are working uh, legislatively, the voice uh, that we have in, in Congress with our, our other fire service partners, with the AFG and a SAFER grant and the Volunteer Responder Incentive Pro Protection Act. Uh, we've had some great successes in recent years, and we, we want to continue that. But uh, I think just coming together, organizing, chartering, and then developing that, that vision, the mission, and the objectives to uh, make sure we protect the volunteer boots on the ground day in and day out is, is really what we're all about. And I stand proud of, of the work that we've done. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited about the future of the MBFC. Yes, we have challenges of recruitment and retention and replacement of, of, of volunteers, but we have Sarah Lee to lead us and, and uh, we have a great team behind her. Outstanding. And that's good stuff going from 13 founding organizations to 47. Do you want to name the states that uh, are yet to be uh, that are yet to have state associations? Well, it's not that they don't have they've uh, sometimes they fluctuate in and out. And uh, okay. Hawaii, Hawaii has never been a member, but there's very few volunteers on, on the islands of Hawaii. But sure. we were all we always have board members trying to say, well, we'll go help recruit them. In no Hawaii. doubt. <laughs> right now, it's Idaho and New Mexico that are not currently members, but we're always looking for uh, organizations to step up and represent the state association in those states as well. Well, there you go. Idaho and New Mexico uh, on the on the hook there to uh, try and help the NVFC get at least the continental uh, United States to uh, to have everybody as a member. This next uh Question kind of for both of you. You can jump in as you want here. Uh, you, you've both been involved in the fire service and NBFC for a long time. Can you speak um, to your proudest organizational and personal achievements? And Sarah, I'll start with you, if you don't mind. Okay. I mean, I think I'm just so proud that in 45 years, which is a relatively you know short amount of time in the association world, that NBFC has grown to what it is today, and it's really become a gathering place for our nation's volunteers. So it's a place where they can come to find support and connect with one another and share ideas and find training and resources and tools that can help them do their job better and more efficiently and stay healthy and safe, which is critically important. Um, but you know, really most of all, I think I'm proud of these 745,000 volunteers who get up every day to serve their communities for very little reward other than a job well done. And yeah. it's really just such an honor to serve such an amazing, dedicated group of individuals. Good stuff. Kevin, how about you? Yeah, I, I would uh, piggyback on that last statement Sarah gave. Um, Steve Hurst, the chairman of uh, the MVFC, is always saying, 
he puts it into a neighbors helping neighbors, you know, and and in for us to respond and sometimes the worst day of of our uh, neighbors' lives, and we're there to help and pick up those pieces and and uh, mitigate the situation. So I just you know the shout out to those that volunteer and give their service and and take away from their families and and all the other events and and the the missed birthdays and and all those things that come along and the missed sleep i think that's the number one thing it's like you know the amount of time that you spend managing and balancing life's issues but still fitting in the time to dedicate your life as a volunteer firefighter i am so blessed uh, and there's a couple of things that i jump right out for me personally the fire department saved my life literally um, not so much in a fire but it was in a firefighter physical where my ekg picked up a depression on my cardiac and i ended up having quadruple bypass surgery not yeah. having any signs or symptoms um never had any signs or symptoms I ended up having a uh, a widow maker. Four of my vessels were 90% or more blocked. Wow. I got new vessels, and because of the firefighter physical, it saved my life. And you know, I'm 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 so blessed to be able to uh, have that opportunity. So the other piece is, you know, when I joined the fire department and as a volunteer, you know, I have been able to grow so much of my life and my you know, my, I'm a school teacher, retired by trade, but I also had this 45 years of um, this brother and sisterhood and growing and, and meeting some of the best people in the world, uh, not just in America, but in the world. And so those are two things that jump out to me. <laughs> yeah, good. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. So let's shift uh, gears for a second. We're going to talk about some current projects. Um, and Again, either of you, what are some of the key initiatives currently in focus uh, at the NVFC? And I think we talked about certainly one of them, and and I'll put it in your three R's, the retention, recruitment, and replacement, Um, Kevin. But uh, for either Kevin or Sarah, can you talk about some of the key initiatives currently in focus for the NVFC? Sure. So in addition to our Make Me a Firefighter campaign, Um, I mentioned behavioral health is a critical area of focus for us. Um, And we have our Share the Load program that provides tools and resources to help departments focus on behavioral health and connect responders with the help that they need. Um, And just just under a year ago, we released a directory of behavioral health professionals, which is a listing of local providers who have received training on the specific needs that are unique to emergency responders and their families. So these providers in the directory are ready, trained, and equipped to help firefighters, EMS providers, and their families with any behavioral health issue. And that directory was done with the help of the Firefighter Behavioral Health Alliance um, and the American Psychological Association. So that is on our website and available um, for anybody that needs it. Um, And then to piggyback off of that, We also recently released the Psychologically Healthy Fire Department's Implementation Toolkit, which provides guidance to department leaders on how to build a healthy, high-performing, and more resilient workforce. And that was also done with our partners at the American Psychological Associations. And both of those can be downloaded at nbfc.org. 
Um, you know, training is another important area for us. And obviously we saw training took a really big hit with the pandemic as in-person events and conferences were canceled. Um, training can also be difficult for volunteers who are trying to balance their work life, their home life, and their volunteer needs and requirements that need to be met. Um, so we are continuing to grow our virtual classroom and that provides accessible on-demand training in a manner that meets the busy volunteer schedules. Um, and we're also ramping up our offerings through our Train Strong webinar series, which highlights various relevant topics such as cancer prevention, recruitment, leadership skills, and so much more. And we do those usually once or twice a month as well. Um, so those are available um, and helping to meet the training need that's out there. Um, a couple other things we're working on. Um, we're working with our partners at the IFC Volunteer and Combination Officers section to update the Lavender Ribbon Report, which provides best practices to reduce exposure risks and help prevent firefighter cancer. And we are expecting that to come out this summer. And then the last item I wanted to mention is, you know, some of our most popular programs are the ones that are most fun for us as well. And these are the ones where we can help departments secure the equipment that they need to be successful. Um, so these are programs where we're giving out turnout gear, equipment, water, and even educational scholarships to our members. And so many of these are made possible through our many corporate partners. Good stuff. And Kevin, any, uh, yeah. key, any other key initiatives for you? Well, I, I, wouldn't, I wanted to just kind of touch upon a couple of things that Sarah had, but looking at that pandemic and our training, and, and I think the silver lining with the pandemic is our training and, and what we have is opportunities such as podcasts or webinars and, and being able to break down the barriers of training where you can, you can get some great um, connections through our virtual platforms. So, you know, when I looked at the uh, volunteer fire services, three areas that the pandemic really affected. One was training because we were unable to train for a, a long, long time. And the second was fundraising in the volunteer ranks. And the third one was uh, recruitment. So we have worked through um, resources right from the beginning in, in uh, 2020, in February, at the end of February, with uh, COVID-19 resources. And we, we shared that information with our members and, and we placed it up there and on our, on our website right up front. So we know 15 months ago, the protocols for responding were, were changing weekly or daily even in some cases. So the MVFC was right out front with that. And I wanna, I wanna thank um, the staff for being on top of that because anything that comes down or is, is potential in terms of the uh, the future response mechanisms, our staff does a great job at preparing, gathering the information, and placing it up front so that members and and non-members can can see that information to be protected. Again, just want to um, thank them for that. We also just recently had a, a segment on the Today Show for our re re retention recruitment series. I'm very proud of uh, the fact that we were able to put ourselves out there and in, in a uh, on NBC and pushing for the fact that we do have uh, challenges in the recruitment stages in in America and and we're out there. But I'm also going to put a plug in. We've got a uh, new initiative that we just signed today, and there's going to be a casting call to America's volunteers. If you've got a great story about 
you being a volunteer, whether it's how you became a volunteer or, or just your experience, we're looking for compelling and stellar stories. So you could just reach out to the MVFC and uh, we're going to get you connected. But it's a major, major uh, project that we've got on the work. So excitement coming. Good stuff. And uh, you all are right about the the training uh, taking a hit with COVID. The, the good thing is a lot of virtual platforms didn't skip a beat. Um, you all had a lot of good stuff up there. Of course, Fire Rescue One Academy, we had uh, a lot uh, of opportunity there and still do. Uh, folks can go to, to any of those outlets and get, uh, get that training 24 hours a day uh, with or without the COVID um, uh, impediment. So uh, I appreciate you bringing that up and uh, good to hear about the casting call. I might have to keep my eyes open on that and uh, see for those that know my, uh, that's one of my, I don't know, third or fourth career is uh, some acting stuff. So we'll we'll cross that bridge when it comes. One, a uh, couple more questions here. Uh, as the we mentioned the NVFC training summit that's going to occur on uh, May 21st. Uh, Kevin, can we expect, uh, or well, what can we expect from the conference and why should firefighters attend and pay attention to the summit? Well, that summit is, uh, again, it's virtual. Um, we, we certainly, uh, we look forward to our, our recruitment and retention in person in September, but this one will be on May 21st. We're going to have eight one-hour sessions um, of some uh, great, great presenters. We are so fortunate with our training summit over the years. Uh, we've had so many um, presenters put in for our limited spots, so we'll be able to share information. Uh, it's all free for, for any that want to join us, um, but uh, the outcomes and, and the uh, measurements that we see and, and the feedback that we, re we get is, is some of the brightest and, and best that we've ever received throughout the years. You know, I know virtual is a little different. Uh, it's not quite the same. But the thirst for knowledge is out there, uh, Mark, and there certainly is uh, this opportunity for May 21st to jump on, and uh, we got some great speakers lined up. Good. Yeah, the virtual is not as uh, not necessarily as engaging, but we certainly have had so many adaptive platforms that have come up and been a part of uh, this virtual environment. Uh, I've been uh, blessed to to be a part of a bunch of those different things, but I'm also looking forward to the face-to-face -face opportunities. And I hope to see you folks at uh, both uh, FDIC and, and FRI coming up. Looks like those are gonna happen face-to-face uh, -face and uh, we hope to see you there. Um, Sarah, you mentioned some of your personal goals. Uh, can you kind of close us out with a glimpse of the future for the NBFC? You know, we're coming out of a difficult time with the loss of our longtime CEO and friend. But I think overall, the future for the NVFC looks really bright. You know, the volunteer fire and emergency services are the backbone of communities all across the country. And we're going to continue to work to make sure that these departments and these volunteers have the resources that they need to, to succeed now and in the future. And the groundwork has been laid by Heather and our fantastic board and our staff over the past several decades. And that is what is going to propel us forward. And we're going to continue to grow and adapt to meet the needs of volunteers so that they can continue to serve at their best. 
Outstanding. We appreciate that. Uh, either of you have anything else you'd like to add uh, before we close out here? I just want to thank uh, Side Alpha and Lexapol Fire Rescue and, and also the sponsor, Homeland 6, for the opportunity to be here and to share and uh, also put a plug in for if you're not a member of the MBFC, join. At www.nbfc.org. There you go. Okay, well, I uh, want to capture some takeaways from our conversation today. And um, as uh, as you know, we have been talking about the untimely passing uh, of Heather Schaefer, uh, longtime CEO for the NBFC, and and the succession plan uh, with uh, with Sarah taking over in uh, a week on May 14th. Sarah Lee taking over on May 14th. Uh, so we talked about a lot of different things, and I'll capture some of these takeaways. Um, Sarah had a discussion about the, the strong team and how uh, they, as they move forward, that that's exactly what Heather would want. Uh, so as, as the organization continues to grieve, they are looking to move forward uh, and uh, to, uh, uh, to continue practicing what we all preach. Now, one of the takeaways that uh, I definitely noted was how the organization needed uh, some assistance from outside organizations to help their organization cope. And way too many times we have folks that don't take that step. So I appreciate them uh, taking that. We talked a lot about the legacy, uh, Heather's legacy and the uh, intellect that Heather brought. And then certainly the new acronym for us, WWHD, what would Heather do? Uh, carrying on Heather's legacy was something that both uh, Sarah and Kevin uh, discussed and how the NBFC will move forward to uh, continue being the voice for uh, volunteer resources, education, and training, uh, keeping standards high and recognizing that 69% of the firefighters in the United States, according to the NBFC, 69% of the firefighters in the United States are indeed volunteers and are the backbone of many of those communities. We talked about the Make Me a Firefighter campaign and how you can go to uh, both uh, www.nbfc.org to join, and you can go to portal.nbfc.org for the information on uh, retention, recruitment, and replacement. That's retention, recruitment, and replacement. Uh, talked a lot about the health and safety needs and how the organization is moving those and the behavioral health programs uh, forward through those websites and uh, through their approaches and training. Then the 45th anniversary, which unfortunately the exact anniversary was on the day of Heather's passing, but the 45th anniversary was recently celebrated. Uh, there is uh, a, a nice video, anniversary video on nbfc.org celebrating the 45th anniversary with Randy uh, Mantooth and others. Uh, Kevin talked about the 47 state associations and uh, how that has grown from the original 13 that initiated it. So some of the growth for the NBFC has been pretty phenomenal. Uh, and then we went on to uh, discuss the behavioral health issues and training and cancer prevention and all the different uh, pieces that uh, Sarah indicated are uh, key initiatives currently ongoing with the NVFC and into the training summit, which is coming up on May 21st with the eight one hour sessions that uh, Kevin spoke of with a lot of great uh, and national uh, speakers. So some good stuff there uh, as we begin to transition towards face-to-face, uh, -to -face, but this will continue to be those eight one hour sessions in that 
virtual environment. And this era closed out with the bright future for the volunteer fire services, who indeed are the backbone of many communities across the United States, uh, with the NBFC helping to drive that bright future for their retention, recruitment, and replacement. That's all we have time for today. We've been talking with NBFC Sarah Lee and Kevin Quinn. Thanks for joining us, and thanks to our listeners for hanging out with us. This is Mark Bache, your executive editor for FireRescue1.com. Have a great day. Keep safe, stay smart, and take care.